Hi. Hello. How are we doing? Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for reaching out. I'm always, listen, I'm the loudest bitch you ever met before. I'm always ready. Oh, I'm perfect. Same. Here. Okay, good. Okay, good. So I was, I wanted to talk to you because I grew up overweight my whole life and it's been such a struggle ever since I'm like 11 years old, you know, dealing with kids in school, things from my family, messages from my mom. And it's just like ongoing. And it's something that has obviously permeated into my 20 something year old life and will kind of follow me for the rest of my life and yeah and I was like you know what why don't the people who are dealing with this let's talk about it put it out into the world right yeah sure like foster a space of genuine discussion exactly yeah 100% I think it's incredible I'm so happy you reached out always talk about it I, you know, I didn't, I know you complimented like my brows and my nails, but I didn't even get to talk to you about like what's happening with your eyeshadow and even the hoops. You'd like got glammed up. Thank you. Oh yeah. 100%. Yes. I feel like for a couple weeks after all of this started, the craziness that is yes. the pandemic started, I was like in shadow mode and was like very much trying to lean into like, you know what, like this is my opportunity for rest, which I still am fully leaning into rest. Mm -hmm. Um, because when do you get an opportunity at 26 years old to like dream again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very dreamy individual. Um, but yeah. And ever since then I was like, I need my normal back. Like mm -hmm. I am a true Taurus moon. Like I get ready for me to take care of me. And yeah. when I step out, I'm just welcoming everybody to witness my show. <laughs> And I feel like even though I don't have that audience, I still have to do it to them. Yes. So yeah, I've been like trying to like play more with makeup. Like honestly, makeup was truly like my first love because growing up to our, the point of our conversation, growing up, people were always like, you have such a beautiful face, which is such an underhanded compliment. And truly they were just trying to avoid looking below my neck. Me too. Um, and that's just not the way to compliment a little girl. Because now you Frankensteined me. And I think that only, is, I'm like, is my hand good too? Yes. Like, oh my good. God. I'm so happy you said that. I know. Because me too. I've been told that. And it's like, what do you say back to that? You say, I mean, you say thank you. Because what are you going to do? Like say, fuck you. 100%. And it's also like, it just felt like I was being negged. Mm -hmm. And it was a way to kind of be like, remember though. Mm -hmm. Remember that body though. And people still do it. Like, I get paid for what I look like professionally, not to flex, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of resurfaced in my life because of that. Like, two days ago, I had a tweet go viral on on Twitter, and it was about my body. And of course, like, people just cannot stand a fat woman being expressive in any way about her body that's not, of course, about health which is a farce or like anything else that they could imagine to kind of bring me back down a level. Um, and it's just crazy. Like after years of really combating that, how you kind of come to a space of like complete and total deflection. And thankfully I kind of found my tribe and my friends are all like, well, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, girl, I actually don't know anymore. Cause this has been my entire life. Right. You know, like you really do have to check in with yourself because I realized like, I was super low energy yesterday and I was like, I'm having a great day. Like, why do I feel so low energy? 
And I realized because I have an inbox full of death threats and people calling me a beach whale and people saying horrible things about me because they just couldn't stand that I had something nice to say about myself. And yeah, I think that like, we really have to come to a place where you have to be not unaffected. And I feel like that's so much of the conversation, like be unaffected by this. It's like, no, I am not made of titanium and being a fat black woman, a lot of people truly believe that I can bear so much and unfortunately be a trauma response that is a truth I can bear so much mm-hmm. but I shouldn't have to and I think that like really I'm out of place now shouts out to my therapist Alex I'm out of place now where I can really like express like you know what that really hurt me and I'm gonna give myself a, a moment to address the way that each of these comments make me feel and then keep it pushing it's so visceral yeah. and it, like you said to start a conversation it starts with my mom it starts with you know of course the other women in my family it starts with my earliest crush it starts with you know what i'm saying like in my entire life i've been kind of chasing acceptance in the form of overcompensation mm-hmm. and believing that i have to do so much to be loved and like have to really serve every kind of need imaginable if i'm going to occupy this much physical space everything you said was like you just wrapped up like 28 years of trauma <laughs> I've been working on this. this. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy because it is a shared experience. Like I knew when I said that, I knew you heard me Mm -hmm. because it truly is like people have not somehow, even though it's been decades of fat phobia existing, people are not trying to do something new with it. It's the same comments. You know what I mean? Like it's very cookie cutter the way that people react to fat bodies, curvy bodies, bodies beyond the convention of what traditionally prior to like the last, I don't know, maybe five years we have seen in media, they haven't really done something different. I'm like, if you're going to be rude, at least be original. And you said a few things. One of them was how you said my body and the amount of space that it's occupying in space, right? And that's, have you ever read Roxanne Gay's book? Of course, course, right? So- she, when I first read, did you read Hunger? Yes. Hunger is actually the only book that I've read of hers. Yeah. Okay. So when I read Hunger, I was like, oh my God, she hit the nail on the head saying like, society is not ready. It does not know how to react to a body of her stature because she's so tall. She's, she's large. And society doesn't know how to react to a body of her stature occupying occupying that much space in a room in space right it's so true it's like because we're physically occupying more space i don't know what it is that other people thin people think that like this is my space and right. you're you're like imposing on it yes i don't know if that's part of it but i was just like Yes, that's exactly what it is. There's something about, and, and, and it goes back to like us as women and as girls trying to be as compact and small as possible. So we cross our legs to be, th- to be smaller. We walk into a room and, you know, we're not like, you have, we've got our Spanx on. We've got yes, our, yeah. try to just be as small as possible. Just, just what? Yeah. I'm like, just ham, just, you know. Squeeze. Wrapped in. <laughs> Wrapped up. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I feel like that is just such a, such a literal and physical way that we do that. But then what you're saying about overcompensating is 
like the the mental and emotional way to um i guess to kind of handle all of the actual physicalness of occupying the space right it's what i call personal pr i consider myself to be a walking business because to reference astrology again capricorn rising like i have really always felt that way and when i was younger i was a real boss like i was a student council president you know Me what i'm too. saying Me too. you know it you know yes. it i was running stuff i was in the top of my class and i've just always been super outspoken and super big beyond size i have always been very big and i felt like again like i was unwilling to be put I didn't ever want to be placed into a corner. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I kind of needed to round those edges out of all of that space that I was occupying by being of extreme grace and kindness and compassion. And that often comes with a lot of unpaid and unreciprocated emotional labor and time. So when I started dating, I always felt like I kind of needed to bear the brunt of being like the homemaker and again your therapist and your mom and i just got a lot of people who were codependent energy vampires right and i realized that that truly was a reaction to the identities that i carry that make me feel like i can't just be the strong physically emotionally and spiritually imposing woman that i am because of my color and my size and my shape and the fact that all of those things make people feel offended right away like i feel like i really do have to you have to you have to did you ever play sims yes of course okay do you remember like how it was like personality charisma yes all these things right and it's like when you grow up in this body you're like i better be fucking extraordinary on every scale because it's for other people that's the sick part I want the only thing that they can possibly say about me is that I'm fat. And I would say, yes, and what else? Yeah. That's always what I imagined. Was I like, know. Yeah, it's I like, want the don't... worst thing. If the worst thing you can say about me that I'm, is that I'm fat, girl, I'm sitting cute. I'm sitting pretty. I just wanted to be ahead of the game enough to where I couldn't be contested in the physical realm. Yes. And my therapist, shout out to Sarah, she Sarah. said, Sarah, she always she called that impression management and when you are a kid right you have to you have there are like two options you can go when you grow up in an overweight body there is one where you can retreat you can become depressed you can become so sad which is a very you know possible and real thing to do but the alternative side is you have to be go like fight or flight and you need to fight and and you need you develop this thing called impression management where you have to be 10 steps ahead of everybody else because you need to prepare for the way that they're going to project whatever insecurities they have right onto you. So it's like, okay, I walk into a room, you see that I'm larger than most people and you're going to come up with a lot of judgments about me, right? I'm trying to beat you. I'm trying to beat beat you. you. Exactly. Personal PR. If I can release my advertisement before you create preconceived notions, and that's it's an advertisement. Like if I can step into the room and already have razzled and dazzled you and done this over here and this over here, and I'm doing the magic trick, you'll never see when once the wizard comes down that I'm really just a man. Like that's what I felt like. I felt like I was the Wizard of Oz, and everybody thought that I was magical because I was doing all of these tricks to avoid being seen as just the man. Correct. 
I went to school in Austin, Texas. Now I was in a space where I was in a losing game, baby. Everybody around me was from the South, from a zip code, size two, blonde hair, blue eyed. And if you weren't those things, it was not going to happen for you. And I realized that all that impression management wasn't worth shit because I wasn't going to make my way here being dishonest. And that's what it was. I was dishonest about who I was and I didn't have the strength to be brave and to show up vulnerable and honest about what, who, who I truly was and what I could truly at my honest capacity offer. And that was always enough. And I didn't think it was, I got in, I was like genuinely depressed for probably about two years. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated high school, I was like over 300 pounds. I was around like 330 and I lost 130 pounds in that time for almost like, I would say probably a year and a half, two years, I went out one time. So I spent four, I had four years of college. I spent about a year and a half, two years of that time by myself. I was back at Kendra zone and I was in a dark place. I didn't really interact. I was like fully in like, I need to be, I need to occupy less space. If I want things, I need to occupy less space. I came out at the under, at the other end of that and realized that the people who weren't worth my time truly did think I was better because I was smaller, right? Like these people that I wanted the approval of, I finally had it and it felt like it was dirty because I had only done the external work. Like I just was in depression zone and was acting through self-hate and was reacting to people telling me, the world telling me that I needed to be smaller in order to be valued. And even when I got there, I wasn't happier. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I feel like that was truly like that. Okay, all right. I, I understand now that like, I can't, I can't truly like externally work myself into happiness. Like it has to come from here. Mm-hmm. I have to settle with the fact that I have always been a bigger person. And this is true. I am predisposed to being a bigger person. My body at this point has gone through such metabolic damage that I actually can never be a truly small person. Yeah. So what am I going to do now? Am I going to let the world tell me that I can't have all the things that I was born to have mm-hmm. because I literally can't be there? Like, am I going to wait on my weight to live my life? Fuck no. Fuck no. Absolutely not. And I like for like a year was like, well, what do I want to do, sis? And I was like, do I want to be a beauty blogger? Because back to the face. That's what everybody told me. Your face was pretty. I was like, do I want to be a beauty blogger? Do I want to be a writer? Do I want to be like, I was really looking at like my most honest gifts. Like before the world told me I had to be serious and that I had to be the, like essentially carry the brunt of the world's problems in order to be successful. I was like, where do I get to be the star? And I decided I want to be a model. So I worked super hard for like six months, got my ass to New York, and I became a model. And I realized, again, now I'm externally pretty. Now the world in money, in like literal contracts is telling me that I'm pretty enough. What is it worth? Still not enough. Mm-hmm. Having conversation, creating space for human connection, creating space to really heal in a public way for other people to feel a sense of solidarity in your experience was not in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like it was so much like your reactions were in your mind, but like people really do treat you that way. And what are you going to do now? Like, how can you feel at home with your body? And like, I think that it, my version of healing publicly has been, of course, like within friendship, because I think that's important. And also like, I think that the community on Instagram being so connected to this other small space of the world that's really trying to fight for the world that we want to exist in where we don't have to be just 
just a body where we can learn to live out outside of it much bigger than it. Um, that has been incredible for me. Like, I, I'm sure you're the same. Like, I see that you follow all kinds of, you know, influencers of all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds. And that's important. Like, being attached to a community is so important. And that, to me, that's really where healing exists. And I assume it's the same for you. Totally. I And I, like, got a little teary-eyed because I, I the thing that I struggle with a lot, too, is that people don't know what it feels like unless you actually live this experience. And my friends who have to say that they have to lose five pounds, 15 pounds, you know, they don't know what it, it, what growing up in a body that society deems like unacceptable feels like, right? And all of those things that go into it and, and getting to the point where I feel like I'm, I'm at a much better space now than I was when I was 11 years old, but- right it's like, there's so much pain. And then you're saying too, like, my body has gone through so much trauma metabolically that I, I literally can't get there anymore. It's done. I fucked it up so hard already because I was trying to please you. And, and it, you know, between like, maybe there's like emotional eating, but then there's like the starvation. And then there's all of those things that just ruin you because you're trying to please somebody else. And I felt like I went through a similar experience with you where I, after college, lost a lot of weight. But once I did lose weight, I know there were a lot of compliments that I got. And that like opened up a whole new door of, whoa, it's so true. Like people are really paying attention to the way that I look, look, and they're, and they're like more accepting of me now. And it honestly had like, um, the opposite effect that what I thought it would have had, right. Where I'm like, oh my God, now I'm thinking about my body more than it's I confirmed. It's, it's everything yeah. that you ever thought was true. Yeah. Like, it, like you said, it's like, wow, you guys really are looking at my body. And even if it's not, even if you're not cognizant mm-hmm. of that bias, you 100% have been reacting to me through the lens of my own shame. And now I'm seeing that it's real. Right. Like you really were looking at this and I could have accomplished any number of things and you were still waiting on my weight yeah. to be a valuable person. Yep. And there, I remember one specific experience with my family where a family member said to me, you're so pretty. You look so beautiful. And I, I lashed out because I was like, this is my last straw. I can't do this anymore. And I was like, please do not talk to me about what I look like because you can tell me, you can compliment me. You can say, you, you can say all these things about the way that I look. That's not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear that you think that I'm beautiful, that you think that I look good, that, you know, you like the way that this piece of clothing fits on me. Tell me how funny you think that I am. Tell me how smart you think that I am. Tell me what a good friend you think I am. Tell me how compassionate you think I am. Because the way that my body presents itself, that's not who I am. I was genetic. I was dealt a deck of cards. This is who I am. And, and, it's like, I was never going to look the way the Hadids look. That was just not in my cards. But I have all these other things that I have worked so hard on getting better at and becoming better at that I want to be seen for those things. Absolutely. And those are accomplishments. Like I actually worked from a place of 
I love me, so I want to have this. Yeah. I want you to acknowledge that. Yeah. And I think that that is, like you said, that, that truly is the greatest hurt feeling like your accomplishments are never accomplishments until you're thin. And it's not like, it is both an internal experience and externalized. And I think that that is the real challenge is like, you have to break through like a a hypothesis, a confirmation, Mm -hmm. and like, you still have to kind of say, I know it's a lie. Like, even though, even though everything around you is compounding on this, hypothesis as a truth you have to just decide from nowhere that it's a lie Mm -hmm. and I think that that is like so that experience is so underrated and I really feel that whenever people who are trying to really work through that experience that jarring experience in a public way and are extending it on social media the immediate backlash is always like well it's about your health well it's about feeling better well it's about and I'm I can't help but genuinely laugh because I'm like, if you understood the kind of drive and determination Mm -hmm. that is required to lose a whole human's worth of weight, Mm -hmm. you would understand that I am determined enough to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that. And I do mean that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like the fact that you think that I should put that kind of drive into all of these external things, not all the accomplishments that I could be achieving to do that. And that's what I feel like was my truest revolution was like deciding that I, if I could do that and it came from a place of ugliness, right. And of shame, of fear, if I can dare to be courageous and if I can dare to be brave and vulnerable and say, listen, this is not my priority. I want strong partnerships from a place of love. I want strong friendships from a a place of love. I want to heal this relationship that I had with my mom, who is 130 pounds on a bad day. Mm -hmm. Um, And conventionally gorgeous. Like, I want to heal that relationship and all of the very harmful things that I gained from it. I want to heal that and that come from a space of love. These are the things that matter to me. When I go, this is my friend. Like, these are my accomplishments is having a network of people who saw me for me and who love me for me. That is what I want. And I feel like that is always undervalued for, but if you just did this and it's like, no, I have to battle myself and everything else that's telling me that my worst fears are true in order to get to that place. Don't tell me it's not hard work, you know? And like, totally. the only way to do that is through this. Yep. And I think what you said too, of like, having to just defy that lie where it's not a lie, right? Like we're, we're told two things. One, we are told through media subconsciously that there is worth on the way that you look. Completely. Completely. Right. And that men are not going to love you unless you look a certain way. So that's what we're told subconsciously, right? No one said that out loud to us. Right. But on the other hand, then we are told externally out loud, literally, you're okay the way you look. It's okay. Right. That is a lie. That's a lie. It is. That is is. a lie. And it is not okay the way that I look because of what what, what all of you think. It's not. 100%. And I have to 
try to believe that this is the truth in my own reality, right? That it doesn't matter. And I have to, I have to convince myself of that truth, even though it's not true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is forced, I feel like it is to some extent forced delusion until it becomes your truth. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember when I first got to a place, like I was probably, I was the thinnest I'd ever been before. Mm-hmm. And I literally would wake up at 5.30 in the morning and work out. And I would have two hard-boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my internship and I would eat a chicken breast and a full cup of broccoli. Mm-hmm. And then I would go work out and do my day's cardio. And then I would finish my day's work and then I would have another workout. So now this is four hours that I spent in the gym. I probably ate at max. I know this because I was obsessed with calorie counting on on my fitness account. I would eat at max 900 calories a day. And I remember there being a point where my mom, who I truly did learn the majority of my food fear from, and that's because she learned it from her mom. So I, I feel like I learned these things from her. And I remember having a moment where I came home and I craved carbs so bad. Mm-hmm. I I like was already at my carb limit and I just wanted a full cup of blueberries instead of a half cup and I could not bring myself to eat it mm-hmm. and I was like just trying to lose these last 10 pounds like that was it I was just trying to get to that point and I just wanted to maintain it and I just I just I just and my mom literally I started sobbing because I wanted to eat a full cup of fucking blueberries so bad. And my mom literally grabbed me by the wrist and she said, this is enough. This is enough. And I remembered at that point, like this battle is lost. Like I lost this battle when I decided that I was going to give up all of my friendships Mm -hmm. and the experience that I paid a lot of money for to have in college and like that I will never get back. Mm -hmm. In the entire childhood that I spent, literally dieting from age 10 on like I will never get that time back I have never played because I was fearful that they would see this and they would see this and they would see you know what I'm saying like I really robbed myself and the world robbed me of an opportunity to play and to enjoy life's simplest pleasures like I couldn't eat a fucking full cup of blueberries because the world told me that I didn't deserve to feel that. Right. And so when I'm I go- I'm so upset. I'm so upset. I, I know. know. I know. It is hard. It is hard. And like, even this week, like I said, when I was like looking at this tweet and all these responsible people were like, well, you're hel- you were healthier. Like you were healthier when you were thin. Right. And you were healthier. And I'm like, do you think that it was healthy for me to be literally incapable of consuming a cup of blueberries? I know that you have right. never- that experience before right I know that you have never felt that kind of low yeah and like I I knew then that I had in so many ways literally wasted so much time mm-hmm. wasted time trying to waste myself like that's what I was doing right and I was like I can't I can't like I was born to live and have a big beautiful life and like I remember like the next week, like I went to my van, I had this like vanity with this big mirror and I put three sticky notes and I put, you are worthy of a big life. You deserve to be happy. Nobody else matters. Mm-hmm. I put those things and they're just simple, simple affirmations, but I looked at them every single day and like, 
I think that those simple steps of like really allowing myself space to say those things, like to speak that as a truth and to like really make small choices to honor that was the only way that I was able to like do things that I love. I will live this like, you want to be on top day. I get in the car, I get in my Uber and the Uber driver is like, oh, what do you do? I say, you know, I'm a model. And they look at me like, are you the same fat bitch who just got in this car? Like, what do you mean? Because they don't know who Ashley Graham is. Right. And they don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know what hashtag body posse is. Like, they're not online. They're not in my world. And it humbles me again. It humbles me again to remember, like, the work that you do in this life is never going to be recognized if you're just trying to be validated from this. Like, you got the, val the validation of hashtag pretty. And now what, bitch? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the impact? Like, whose, li whose life are you changing? Like, mm -hmm. what is it worth? And I think that, like, that truly is, like, the biggest feat for me is you have proven yourself time and time again. Are you tired? Are you tired of playing a losing man's game? Are you tired of not just living from desire and not from a place of scarcity and I don't have and will it ever be enough? Like, yeah, I'm fucking tired. I'm really tired. And I want to have everything and I will have everything, but I will not have it if I don't believe that I already have everything I need to have everything. And I think that that's like really like, I'm at that base plane where I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to take everything I have and I'm ready to bring my girlies with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I like, I've had other plus size women come up to me and be like, I just like love, I love your energy and I love that you're wearing that and I love all of this. And I'm like, girl, I love all of this too. I love this for me and I love this for you. Like, let's have a good time. Like, I appreciate you honoring that in me, but I want you to recognize that this is not reserved for those who are just brave enough. Like, you can have it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Absolutely. I think so too. And there are, you have to just remind yourself that there really are no rules, right? Like if I want to live my best life and I want to wear my purple fur jacket down the fucking streets of New York, guess what? I'm going to. If I yeah. want to wear whatever it is, if I want to put on a bathing suit that I think that I feel good in, fine. So let me be at the, at the pool. Let me be at the beach. Like that's it. Completely. Completely. Yeah. How the quarantine experience been for you in regards to your relationship with your body and food like how well, have you been managing it's so I mean the whole body thing has been it's a lifelong journey you know and I think that in the last I would say year or two years I've been much more accepting of it but there are times where it's like it's the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning right it's like okay today I'm going to try to have a good, I'm going to try to have a good day. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, okay, what's the rest of my day look like? Whew, okay. I can do it today. Right. But then the truth of it is, is like, I usually have good days and I still right. look like this and it doesn't matter about that, but it's like, from the moment I wake up, that's the first thing I'm thinking about. That is sick. That's sick. Absolutely. And it's like, to the moment I go to sleep at night, that's what I'm thinking about because I have to please the, the boy I have a crush on. I yeah. have to please my colleagues. I have to please the other people who have to look at me on the subway, you know? Right. Completely. And it's so stressful. And I think that recently I've come to this place where I'm just like, 
I have to accept it. Yes. I want to live my life exactly like you were saying. I'm not going to get that time back. I don't want to spend that time counting the points on Weight Watchers, counting the calories, eating frozen Jenny Craig food. I don't want to do that anymore. I've been on, I mean, every single diet, right? And yeah. guess what? I'm going to eat the cookie now, right? Whatever, whatever. Right. Because now it's like, I, I, I'm tired. I'm so tired of it. I've been thinking during quarantine, like, I want to create more of these, put these kinds of conversations out into the world because this, if this is the end of the world, this better be like what I'm going to share because this is what's the most important. Absolutely. It really, really is. When you were saying you wake up in the morning and immediately you're thinking about good day, bad day. And that's always attached to like, am I going to eat some green shit or am I going to eat the loaf of bread on my counter? Right. That's what it's always attached to. You're like, okay, so if I eat this first meal, it's going to be, it's going to drive the rest of my day. And I know for me, I have always struggled with binge eating disorder. So like anything could snowball, anything could trigger, which is less so now, because again, I'm on my healing journey, but I feel like that really came back to me in quarantine. Cause now that's all I have to think about. Mm. And really the only thing that I have true control over right now is my body. And now I know that really the only thing I can control is my mind. My body is always working for me and she will continue to work against me as long as I am working against her. And that is an actual truth. And like, I have recognized also in this experience how much I love food. And like, I, and I say that in the most like honest, like true, like honest way, like food is cooking for the people that I love and sharing a meal is truly, I would say top five favorite things in this world. And because I've always been so fearful of food, I have gone through so many stages of my life where I deprive myself of that true, like opportunity for community and for grace and like for sharing in the abundance of the things that I have. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like an offering. Where are you there? Okay. There we go. I'm here now. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Strike a pose while it's while the food. I'm here now. Exactly. I was like, listen, if this is glitching, babe, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. So I want to talk, I think I want to talk about boys because I think that boys play such a big part of the, like dating and being, and it being just like accepting who you are because right. We're taught our whole life that we have to look a certain way for a man. Right. And that, I think that goes to the, to like that, that, that whole, the the truth of it all, right? Like, it is true that boys want someone who does not look like me. That is true. And I have to try to believe that that isn't true so that I can find love just like all you skinny bitches, right? 100%. So I think a few things. Um, I know at like at the source at the source and from a very early age, I have always been like, and I think part of this is because I'm very just friendship oriented and I fear rejection like most people more than anything, which is very interesting because I have chosen a career that is exclusively rejection. But I, you know what I'm saying? But that's, you have because of all of this. That's exactly right. Absolutely. And it makes complete sense. And the same with what I do, right? I mean, what I'm trying to do at least, right? Is like this, when I'm, this is like overcompensating because I haven't been accepted my whole life. So now I need the external validation that it's okay to be me. Totally. And it's, it's, we're all doing it, babe. We're all doing it. Yeah, Yeah, you, you get it. Um, 
but like I, I've been very like community and friendship oriented and on top of that was fearful of rejection. So I felt like I always friend zoned myself before I could be friend zoned. Yeah. And but I also very much like so desired the roaming into connection. Mm-hmm. So like growing up, I always had like be- like I always had maybe like one best male friend who mm-hmm. I felt always kind of blurred the lines for me in that I needed to offer them emotional labor in order to be that valued and get that, get that kind of like that taste of romance, but they weren't going to date me. And this is something that I'm still working through. I'm not going to lie. I very much still work through that overcompensation of feeling like I, as a fat woman, a fat black woman, for sure. I always feel like love only comes in the form of utility mm-hmm. and that I have to fill as many spaces as possible. Mm-hmm so that you will love me and that just offering what I am may not be enough. And then I have to feel the rejection. Like if I, I like, I need to be the most incredible person you've ever met before, before you can really offer me that kind of love. Yeah. And so a lot of my like really, really early relationships with men were based in that, like I'm extend overextending myself in emotional labor and time because I want to feel that romantic connection, but I don't want to place myself in a, in a point of vulnerability to ask you if you'd be interested. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably 50, 50. Like, I do think that actually some of those guys who I felt would not love me that way, quite frankly, just didn't know that I was interested in them because I was not vulnerable. Um, and I took myself out of the game before they did. I have to say, just say, like, I have the exact same experience, which is just so crazy because I don't have friends that are grew up overweight, so I can't even talk to them about this. So this is just, like, wild to me. Right. Exact same experience. Yeah. And, like, that's a great point, too. Like, I know I'm very pretty, and I also know that I'm very smart and very talented and very accomplished, and I'm just getting started, baby. Mm-hmm. And I want to be met in that. And I feel like for the first time I'm capable of it because I'm not just surrounded by skinny, privileged white people. Mm-hmm. And I think that like that very much like, except for that one small period of time, because I've, I've been in many places and like, I went, like I said, like I went to school in Austin and like, I have always been in these spaces where I was othered. Mm-hmm. And so I felt other, like, I felt like I had to compete and I felt like I wasn't cute enough. And like, I spent the majority of my life really sitting on the sidelines of my thinner, like thinner, fairer friends. You have to find where you're going to be honored. And you have to find that even more when you exist in a marginalized body. And it sucks that you can't just be anywhere. That is the truth. It sucks that you can't just be anywhere. But when you do find that space, like the world kind of opens up for you in that way. Um, and like, it doesn't mean that you're not going, that I'm, you're not going to face rejection. Cause I still face rejection all the time. Yeah. Like I still go to spaces all the time in Brooklyn where I'm like, here we go again. Like there's, I'm not going to talk to a damn person in here. One thing that I've always like, you know, you break up with a guy, you have a good run with somebody and then you break up and, and it's like, it sucks. But my default is always like, shit, I wasn't thin enough. And it is that's what it is. Right. I'm not going to lie. Every relationship I've ever had with a man, like in the end, and again, this is a control thing. I always kind of go back to this place of, like you said, I wasn't, it must be again, my size. Like it couldn't be anything else. Like I know I'm pretty. I know I'm, I know I'm amazing. I know I offer everything. It has to be that. It has to be that. Even, even I feel like this is truly 
because I continue to do the work, this is my most healed state to date and tomorrow will be my most healed and the day after, like I refuse to be stagnant in that. But right now in my journey, like I still feel like that is my instant reaction. It's like, how do we get rid of that? And I don't know. That's what's so hard, right? I don't know how to fix that because it's the, it's the push and pull of like me having to believe that that's not true, but then also knowing that that might have something to do with it. Right. Right. Well, I do know that now I have granted myself enough grace and compassion to look back at the beginning of those relationships. Mm -hmm and see the ways in which I was actually acting that out, right? Like, because to some extent, it, I think in some of these situations, it could have been true. Like, had I been thinner, had I been more like an insta baddie, had I been any of those things, like, yeah, I probably could have trapped him. But like, do I want to trap somebody? Do I want to have to sell somebody on this? Like, if I have to sell you on this... You're you don't have the faculties. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're right. Like at that point, right. I know the fact. And right. I think that that means like I look back and I always see in reality like I did again with grace and with compassion. And I don't mean to blame myself or anybody else in that situation, but I see the ways in which I have played out my worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. I see the ways in which I was trying to convince a man with cheeseburger taste into enjoying a filet mignon they simply do not have the palate. Like, that is the truth. They simply do not have the palate for the tender slices like butter kind of meat that I'm offering. That is the truth. You are so right. It's so true. It's so like, true. I think about the beginning when I put my damn, my red nose on in my big throat and I decided that I was Boo Boo the Fool and like started to do fucking song and dance to like convince this person to love me like I see it back because like no person no person and I mean this from dating like from dating to friendships whatever no person who truly did honor you when you honored yourself and you felt reciprocity you wouldn't feel that way and I, that's a that's an internal you too like I know that almost when I look back all of those men were I at the end of the day said it's because I wasn't thin. Like, I actually think that was at play in those relationships. And I think it was because I perpetuated that from the jump. Like I went in thinking, I really want to, I really want this. Like I want this to work. And like, I want to put my best foot forward and I want to be vulnerable, but that vulnerability still looks like overextending myself and overfunctioning and thinking that I need, again, to be this person's mother, their father, their sister, yeah. their brother, their priest, their therapist. Like I'm doing these fucking backflips, running a one man circus to like, again, like create this illusion of perfection. And like, they didn't see me as me. And anybody who even for a second makes you feel that way, honestly, like you were competing for something that wasn't yours to begin with. Right. But like, that is the truth that we have to settle on. Mm -hmm. Like, I think about that a lot. I'm like, my rejection truly was my own. Like I set myself up for a losing game right. and time we know better. So we're going to do better. Mm. And time I'm just going to try to show up a little bit more like me, take mm -hmm. the mask down a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know, like be willing to like show up in true intimacy. And I know, I know in my heart of hearts that that person will accept me just a little bit more because I accepted myself just a little bit more. Yeah. What do we need more of? Like, what do we need in order to make this a little bit better for 
you know, the, the 11 year old girl who is struggling with what we struggled with. Like, how do we help her feel a little bit better? Right. I think it's really important for all people who carry any kind of marginalized space to see themselves enjoy in that space. Mm. Like, I feel like so much, you know, like we're, we have talked a lot about trauma in this, in this conversation, Mm -hmm. but it has been a whole in total view in that we've also talked about our joys in the ways in which we've settled in peace. And like, I feel like that is a great way to present this information, to present the experience in its honest and truest form. I do feel like so much of the conversation around fat bodies, imposing bodies is based in trauma porn. Like, I want to see, I want to see more joyful stories. Like, I want to see a goop with fat women. Like, I want to see lifestyle content with fat women. That's how I want to see myself. And I wish more fat little girls really did see that. Like, I wish that there were more TV shows where the fat woman was not the joke or the sidekick or the burdensome figure or like she, like the emotional labor or the, like, for example, like, Shrill, like, I love that show. That person is fucking traumatized the whole show. Of course. Did you read the book? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I read the book. I read the book, and I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I have a hard, like, I have a hard time watching those things. Like, I remember, like, the pool I, party episode. Yeah, right. The pool party. That was, like, I remember just being, like, immediately brought to tears because mm-hmm. I'd never seen so many fat bodies on a screen before and I'd never seen them just enjoying themselves and like I know every fat woman I know and every plus size woman I know saw that who saw that episode felt the same because yeah. we just don't have that like right. that's what I want to see totally and I I I don't you're right in the sense that I don't think shrill is there it's not I don't I think but it's like we're starting at a baseline of zero right and Shrill got us a little bit closer to where the next step's going to take us. So that's mm-hmm. why we need more of that. I went to a plus size show that kicked off New York Fashion Week and I started crying because I was like, I can't believe if you told me 15 years ago that I would see this one day, I, I would tell you you're a liar. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe my eyes that I was watching an, a New York Fashion Week plus size show. That was incredible to me all these little things, we need more visibility just so that little girls can see that it's okay. And people look different, different, they have all different sizes and colors and, yes. um, you know, it's going to be okay. And, and, and it's not going anywhere. Like m- me being an overweight young girl, like I'm still that overweight. Like and I haven't, fi- I haven't fixed that. Right. Like right. I am that way for the rest of my life. So I need to know from a young age that it's going to be okay to look that way for the rest of my life. Not that I have to change the way that I have to look. Exactly. The core of this problem and the source is yourself. Like that is a truth. The source is always yourself. You can only control yourself. You can only decide for you what's good enough. But I think we have to give people the tools and the resources and the opportunity to imagine a better life mm-hmm. because you cannot create what you can't see. Yeah. And that's where you get a visionary to come in and say, I want to create something that I've never seen before because I want you to be able to imagine it too. We have to do that. And these conversations do that. I, I think that like there needs to be a greater conversation about how this is an institutionalized system. 
the society has really led us to believe much like climate change that human beings like individual human beings are the issue and they're not it's amazon and they're not it's racism and classism do you know what i'm saying like those things are true and the people who are least privileged like like women and people of color and queer people like poor people these people are always going to be impacted the most and that has reigned true for obesity too and that has reigned true for fat phobia too mm -hmm. and like people making that distinction because it's attached to aesthetics mm -hmm. and because they don't want to own up to the fact that you're not better because you're thinner that's what it is mm -hmm. like it's it's a superiority complex there are so many people who are unactualized and anxious about their place in the world and how their their impact and when they see a fat beautiful successful excited woman step into a room it makes them feel away because they're thinking well if you don't think that i'm better you because you're thin then what do you think i'm better than you for and the answer is fucking nothing nothing yeah yes i'm like no this is i'm sorry but i have it all being a fat young girl is character development 101 and now i'm pretty i'm smart i'm funny now i have it all and i'm sure you feel the same way every fat woman i know who is a grown adult has everything yeah you just it's, believe she has everything oh my god it's so true i had another conversation and i was like don't you feel like because you've gone through so much trauma with this you are so strong and i almost feel grateful for it because i'm like wow i am exceptional because of all the shit that i had to deal with yes and i'm so sorry that you did and i, I'm, I wish you i wish you didn't have to but it is a gift. you too to you too i know it's 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 really it's like a horrific thing to go through but we have to be the ones to come out on the other side so that other girls can because they can and they don't know it yet right exactly hmm. and like i think that you're doing such good work and i'm so proud of you right and i love that you're fostering a space for this conversation because i feel like we're both walking away a little bit more healed than we started and that's that's the dream right is to be able to hear other people's stories and know that you're not alone and know that this experience is one that can and will be changed mm -hmm. and we have to do it together mm -hmm. thank you so much i can't even tell you how like inspired i feel by you and how I feel so lucky to know you now and to like have had this conversation with you. It's just, it's, it's so healing. I thank you so, so, so much because like, this is something I really, I'm going to like carry with me for the rest of my life. Same, same, same. Thank yeah. you. You are beautiful. You are special. You're making such a great impact. I'm so thankful for your journey and that it brought you here. Well, I will let you know when I'm back in New York. I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much, Kendra. Kisses, kisses, kisses. Have a great weekend. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.